niche, which is one of the most important things that you can do, right? If you don't pay, you don't pay attention. So anyone that's listening or watching this, if you want to get good at something, you can fumble through it on your own and it's going to take you a really long time. Or you can invest in someone that's been there, right? Success leads clues. Invest in the people that are where you are uh, and where you want to be. And it's actually going to be kind of like getting fast pass at Disney World where it helps you skip the line of all the mistakes and all the failures that they made and it gets you right to the meat and, and where you need to be. Welcome to Unstoppable, the podcast for anyone who believes that their past and current circumstances do not define their future potential. I'm Karina Burton, your host and co-founder of CPR Construction Cleaning. This show is a series of pro-founding conversations that share stories and experiences of unstoppable people. Those who are willing to change, discover what it means to be aligned, and who are also willing to face tough challenges that stand between them and their dreams. As a coach and marketing expert, I live my life believing that I am unstoppable. Now I want you to know that you are unstoppable too. Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. Today's guest is Jordan Mendoza, who is the founder and CEO of Blaze Your Own Trail Consulting LLC, where he helps service providers grow their businesses through strategic marketing, sales, and leadership consulting. In 2019, Jordan started creating content on LinkedIn and quickly realized the power of the organic reach. By December, he had massed 20,000 followers using the strategy he now teaches his clients in his 12-week program. Since 2019, Jordan's content has reached over 5.3 million content views, and his audience has expanded to 67,000-plus followers. Now a full-time trailblazer, Jordan's goal is to help over 1,000 entrepreneurs grow their brands to increase their impact and income each year. Thank you so much, Jordan, for joining the Unstoppable podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's definitely an honor and pleasure anytime I can hop on a show and share my story and journey with the hope to inspire others of, of what's possible. If I can do it, Anybody can do it for sure. So Jordan and I were actually chatting a little bit before we started recording the show. And he was giving me some really amazing um, information about his background, which I was actually really surprised about. So I think that our audience will also be very engaged to know that you can be doing something completely different and pivot your life into doing what you're truly meant to, to do in in this world um, to satisfy, you know, our true unstoppable power. But before we get into that, I would love to know, how did you grow into this unstoppable mindset that you have, Jordan? Oh, I, I love the question. And, you know, if we're going to talk about my mindset, we definitely have to rewind. Is there, are you comfortable with that? Can we rewind and, and kind of give you my, my origin story? Because, you know, there's people that have impacted my life in so many ways and without them. And if I didn't talk about them, it'd be a disservice. So, you know, the first person, you know, I grew up actually with a mom that uh, only had one lung. And so you want to talk about unstoppable mindsets. This is a woman that uh, was so tough. I mean, she basically, when she was born, they told my grandmother, uh, she probably won't live to be 18. 
and she probably won't be able to have any kids because of the capacity that having one lung in childbirth would actually do. And so back in the 50s, that was kind of the, the deck of hands that she was dealt, but she was a fighter. You know, she had her first uh, child, my older brother, at 21 years old and uh, had me not long after and ultimately lived to 54 years old, had five boys, so, so really defeated what um, she was told to her. And she was just a woman that lived her life with, with joy. She didn't use her, uh, wasn't a victim of her circumstances, didn't use her ailment against her and just showed me how to be a kind, you know, positive person. Uh, and really she led a lot to the, the positive mindset that I have today. Uh, and then also my, my father, who I didn't actually meet till I was 12, which that's, that could be a whole conversation there. Right. But I, I learned a lot from him. He's a immigrant from the Philippines and, uh, my mom, you know, called me one day or over to her and said, Hey, do you want to go visit your dad? And, uh, he lives in Washington, DC. I said, okay, when are we going? And she's like, no, you're going. And I was like, all right, well, so, there was something in me that said, you know what, Jordan, like go meet the guy, go, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt and let's see what he is all about. And so I flew at 12 years old from Portland to Minneapolis, St. Paul to Washington, Reagan, and got off a plane and met this Filipino family and spent, you know, the whole summer learning about the culture, ancestry, uh, what my dad did. He was actually a, an owner of a landscaping business that he had had for about a decade at that point. And so I learned a lot about, you know, hard work, a lot about grit, determination, how to do things right the first way, you know, the first time that you do it. And so a lot of my success comes from you know, growing up with that mom that taught me how to be kind and empathetic and taught me what real grit and determination were. And then also learning from my dad, who, although he wasn't in the picture as a kid, as I got to know him, learning the value of hard work and, you know, what education, how education was important to him. And even to this day, he just told me, he's like, listen, I'm so proud of you, but I didn't think you were going to have success because you didn't go to college. And that was actually really huge for me to hear because uh, as when I was a kid, like I knew I didn't want to go to college because that was hard for me to sit in class and and focus on uh, things that the teachers were explaining to me. I was super hyper. And back then you were just considered a disruption. It's like, let's send that kid to the principal's office instead of trying to figure out a way to accommodate them, which in 2022, uh, having a 10 year old that's very similar to me. I'm so excited that they now have fidget toys. They've got beanbag chairs. Like they figure out ways to actually accommodate kids in school. That is, I, it's such a powerful story to be able to share that, you know, you had looked at your perspective of your life, of how you were going through things or some circumstances. And instead you, you allowed it to empower you rather than to, make you feel less than or that you you know could only achieve a certain amount in your life because of hindrances right like sure i think that some of the most powerful the most powerful knowledge that we have is through experience that's my um you know, that's my feelings on it rather than, you know, sitting in a classroom and learning. It is not until you put your hands on it. And I'm, I am much more of a, you know, hands-on learner than a visual learner. Um, and so for me, I feel that experience really helps me to understand 
the different um, variations, right? Like everything has layers to it. Nothing is linear. And so, you know, you can sit in a classroom and learn, you know, business or economics or, you know, medical. And it's not until you're actually in that circumstance is then when you, you learn like, okay, this is what it really is like. And, you know, people who struggle in their life, we, we can call them like, you know, our trials and tribulations, our struggles, and some people allow it to derail them. And then there's some people who allow it to empower them. So yeah. I know that there are a lot of people who resonate with that, but not, and I think that there are some people who want to let it empower them, but they've had this mindset that has been bogging them down. So speaking of that, you know, if somebody is feeling, you know, like, how do I change my mindset? I've been thinking negative this whole time and I'm tired of it. I'm over it. I want to be able to change, but how do you change this habit into something that they know nothing about or feel like they don't know anything about? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I always really go back to gratitude, you know, when, when you can kind of get yourself level-headed into a, a space where you know what you're grateful for, <clears throat> that, that really puts what you're, what's weighing on your mind into perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, for, for example, like I heard, I think it was Steve Harvey on, on uh, one of his, his TV shows, he told somebody, he's like, Hey, you know, you, you want to really see what your life's all about. Grab a sheet of paper, draw a line down the middle. Uh, and on one side, write all the things that you are grateful for. And he's like, don't discount the stuff that we just take for granted, like food and yeah. water and shelter. And, you know, you, you had dinner last night and you got to go to a movie recently, like all these things that are just so common to us, like mm -hmm. make sure you write everything on that list. Okay. And then he's like, on the other side of the sheet of paper, draw a line, you know, you have your line there on the other side, write things that you actually want in your life. Uh, and he said, you know, if you do this often enough, and if you really look at that list and of the things that you're grateful for, what you'll start to notice is that the things that you want start shifting over to the other side of the list. Uh, and so, so, so for me, it's, it's so easy and I've had some experiences and I, and I'm happy to share, you know, a story of, of the first time I went to the Philippines because that's really at 16 years old, I, I learned, you know, what we have in the U S even though I grew up food stamps, government cheese, super poor, you know, same clothes the next school year. Like that's how I was raised. And I even felt like at 16 that I was more rich uh, once I actually got to experience a third world uh, country. Wow. Jordan, you are the power of perspective, right? It's, I'm so, I'm such a believer on, you can have, you know, like you said, food stamps and someone can look at it as it being this negative connotation. And for you, you look at it as like, wow, I have something. I have so much more than other people. And it's, you know, for you, you're seeing it as a blessing. So let's go back to how you said that you never felt like you were meant for college, right? Like you yeah. were like, that's not my route. So when you graduated from high school, what did you, um, what did you do? I left. I left. I got a job with, uh, you know, do, going door to door selling 
coupons actually, which was, which was super interesting. It, you know, we, it was a company as a direct sales and marketing company. They had contracts with Domino's pizza hut, you know, you name it, the pizza companies. And it was like 20 pizzas for 20 bucks. And so I would literally would walk around for eight hours, knocking on houses and apartments and trying to get people to buy the, basically buy a piece of paper for 20 bucks. And man, <laughs> if, if, if I tell you that that was the reason why I'm successful today is because of that time I spent doing that. And because here's the thing, if you can go out and make it through an eight hour period of a hundred people telling, you no with a positive attitude, yeah. you can really, you can really accomplish a lot because people, you know, if you've ever done this type of selling, if anyone in your audience has ever sold a product at someone's home, which is our safety place. It's the place where, you know, we lay our heads at night. Like this is the place we call home. Uh, people aren't very excited sometimes to see you, right? So you have to figure out how to have tough skin. You have to figure out how to adapt. How do I relate to the person in front of me? Am I going to look at their flag, their their car, their, their little gnome in the yard? Because I got to break the dang ice really quickly if I want to have this conversation. And so I got really good at adapting. I got really good at ad-libbing it you know, thinking on your feet. Um, but I also really got good at, at psychology, understanding what I could say and what emotion it's going to create with somebody. So I learned a lot about body language, how to read people, how to relate to people, uh, but most importantly, how to take a no with stride. Right. And, and I actually used to play a game where I would actually go and search for no's instead of yeses. Right. Think about that mindset shift. I want to go find 90 no's because I'll get at least 10 yeses. Yes. And so when you can do that for yourself and figure out how do I have a positive attitude all day? How do I make sure that I'm working my area correctly? How do I, you know, so it's very structured in your approach. Um, you can be highly successful and you can apply that stuff to every day in every career uh, in your life, right? If you focus on, hey, how do I actually do this to the best of my ability and maintain my attitude versus losing my attitude when somebody says no, well... Yeah. You, you got 89 to, to go. You know what I'm saying? Like you might as well keep going. You know, I love that you brought up psychology because that is what really changed my entire um, selling skills when I first started in my career um, 12 years ago. At first, I kept just selling the product. And it was just like, fail, fail, fail. And it wasn't until I took this approach and I was always really fascinated um, with sociology and psychology. When I, I, I went to college a couple of years um, and then I am a college dropout, <laughs> but I loved it. And I really was like fascinated by the mind and how people tick. And it just drew me back though to like my childhood and I didn't have a lot of friends. I struggled in school. Um, I was physically as well. Um, very, I was different from my peers. I was really tiny. I was really small. So people would always like comment about my size, um, you know, and, and just, I don't know. And I was the only Hispanic um, person at my school. And so, um, you know, they would comment about the way I looked, um, because I wasn't this, you know, Caucasian person in a very, you know, um, dominant Caucasian dominated city. And 
I used to use this psychology as a child to try and make friends. So I would, I would, I would figure out ways to get people drawn to talk to me. Like I would do something or, and so that always like stuck with me. How do I get people to be attracted to what I'm doing or want to listen in to know more about what I have to say? And so when I started realizing like selling was a huge struggle, I was like, selling something is terrible. But if you change it and you, and you utilize the psychology behind it, like you said, yeah. it changes the entire strategy behind what you're doing. Cause it's so much more than sales. You're, you're then connecting with someone and you said it perfectly. You know, when you, I mean, for you, when you were doing door to door sales, you were encroaching in their personal space. You know, they just 100%. got home, they have their kids. They don't want to deal with someone at the front door. And yet it was your job to figure out how to break that barrier and connect with that person. You know, it's, it's funny. It's interesting because a lot of those babies that I woke up, they're probably listening to the show now because they're like of age <laughs> to listen to podcasts. So I, I apologize for waking you up from your sleep. But, you know, it's it's if people would shift their mindset from growing or from selling a product or a service to having this actual genuine energy exchange through psychology and understanding the approach behind that you know, it's really not that hard. I mean, in my opinion, but you have to know how to do it and the strategy behind it. And everyone has their own unique way and it's trying to, to break that barrier. And I think that's the hard part is trying to figure out. And that's why there's amazing people like you, Jordan, to teach that and share with other people. So how long did you do the door to door? Man. So I, I, worked in you know different states different cities you know traveled and did different types of products so i i did you know of course the uh, coupons uh, we also did credit card services where we're going to the college campuses and we're the ones giving out the t-shirts and uh, signing people up for the credit card so i kind of did it all I, mean, I was at a point where i was talking to a, probably 600 people a day and so just think about now, how many no's am I getting a day? When I did the math, Karina, I did door-to-door -door sales for about four years. By the time I turned 22 years old, I heard more than 200,000 people tell me no. 200,000 no's. So like today, if I get a no, it, it doesn't bug me. And my no's are a lot, the value of a no today is a lot higher than it used to be, but it doesn't matter because I know as long as I keep moving and I, I'm doing everything to the best of my ability, uh, they, they are going to come. Yeses are going to come. They're not going to come if I don't ask. They're not going to come if I stop showing up. They're not going to come if I'm all up in my feelings, especially because, you know, as you know, people buy 90% of it is because of you. Mm -hmm. Literally, if they like you, if they like your personality, if they like your style, if it seems like they, they could actually work and learn from you, that's more of the reason your, your service or your product is kind of a bonus at that point. Mm -hmm. um, but most people want to know, like, are they comfortable? Did you actually build a relationship? So if it was door to door sales, I, my goal was to build like a three to five minute friend. How do I do that? How do I figure out how to get this person's attention for just long enough for this, for this to happen? If it's, uh, you know, trying to get an annual contract, well, there's probably going to be more conversations than just a three to five minute conversation. We have to establish trust. We've got to build a little bit of a relationship before that's going to happen. 
So after your four years of doing door to door, what did you do next? You know, it's, it's interesting when it comes to door to door sales, cause that four year period sprinkled in there were some telemarketing jobs, which people hate them. I actually loved them. I, I loved it. I think that's why I'm a podcaster because <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because for one, the nose, the nose were easy, but I, I actually liked the challenge of not getting hung up on. No, I, I enjoyed trying to figure out like, what can I say that's going to keep this person on the line? But I think back to that, Karina, and I was 16 years old. I think I was making close to $800 a week selling cell phones over the phone. And the and these were not like what we have today. They're all fancy and you could do a million things. This was a phone that was a big Nokia phone. It came with the only game on it was Snake. And yes. the, the only way you could text somebody is... If you wanted to type the letter C, you had to type A three times. Yeah. So like I was selling that literally over the phone, getting, you know, your, your ID, your social security number. And so like, then I was like, I thought to myself, like, why are these people giving me this information? Like, what is it about? I have to be doing something right. Cause at 16, I was the top sales guy in the office and it was all about building quick relationships with people. People would always tell me, they, they're like, man, I thought you were my friend. Like, I thought you were somebody yeah. that I knew, but that's like, that's, and that's been my goal my entire life is like, how do I truly try to build relationships with people so that it's not uncomfortable when we talk, it actually feels like we've known each other forever. And that's how I want every person I encounter to feel like when, when they comment about me, I want them to feel that same way. So you really went down the routes of like the most difficult types of sales, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, because everything everything else is now it's easy. You know, I've <laughs> I've gotten some big contracts and it was like way easier than some of the stuff that yeah. I used to do. But like if you think about it in terms of like paying your dues, like again, two hundred thousand no's before twenty two. How many people do you know that are forty or fifty or sixty? They haven't even heard a fraction of that. So when they hear it, it hurts a lot more, if that makes sense. So I think, you know, at everything I, when I teach my clients, I'm like, listen, it's about putting in the reps. Like no matter what you do in life, you're going to suck at it at first. You know, just like I, I sold windows. I was a terrible window salesman. And, and literally I got my only sale. It was like the last time I went to sell and I was so over it that I was just so indifferent. I was like, listen, I don't really care if you buy the windows or not. And I think they just bought it because they felt offended that I was so indifferent about it. But I was a terrible window guy. You know why, Karina? Because I couldn't measure for crap. Like I had to go in and measure people's windows. And I was like, I'm sure the measurements were off. So I, I hope those poor people never got the windows installed. I hope they canceled because I was not a good. But again, self-awareness is key, right? Understanding what you're not good at it. Why wasn't I good at that? It had to do with math. Math is like my least favorite thing. I wasn't good at it. So I didn't put the energy into it. And I was a terrible window salesman. But if you take me and give me a product or service that I'm passionate about, that I'm fully behind, and this is a lesson for everybody. If you are passionate behind it, other people are going to be as well. If they can tell that you hate it, other people can tell that and they're not going to buy. I mean, it's just one of those things we can feel the energy of the other person. It's 100% true because I've, I've had people approach me and ask like, would you represent my product or share my product? Or I've had companies ask me, you know, would you do marketing um, for my business? And 
even prior to starting my own company, I was like, I'm not good at every type of sales, right? Like for every industry. And it's really has everything to do with the fact that if it doesn't resonate with me, if I don't believe in it, and it can be something really simplistic. If I can have a belief system in a service, which, you know, that's my, my background is all in like service-based um, industry for construction and commercial uh, real estate, you know, who's passionate about restoration services? Who's passionate about cleaning? Well, I am, I really am. I really love to be able to help people. But if you try to give me a product like, trying to think of something like um, makeup or like, I like makeup, but I'm, I don't think I could sell someone. I'd have to, you'd have to like, tell me that it's like perfection of like clean. And, you know, it's coming from the source of all, you know, health and wellness. And maybe I, I could get on board, but I, I have to resonate with it. Right. And so for anyone who's wanting to do sales or marketing, it's, it can't be just a job. If you want to be the best and the top lead, you have to find how you resonate with that, right? And it's so important to find the space that you're going to do the best in. Um, 100%. Right, way, I 100% agree with you on that. So it sounds though that, you know, it wasn't very difficult for you to go through this, but I'm sure you hit some really, you know, hard times. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like when, when my attitude, yourself? yeah. When my attitude would impact me because again, nobody's perfect, right? You show me a perfect person and I will show you a liar. It's just it's a matter of fact, right? We're not perfect. So on, I did have days where I would lose my attitude and I can guarantee it. I didn't sell anything those days because I was either in my feelings. I was sitting on the curb. It was like, nobody, nobody wants this product. Nobody wants this service. And when you have an attitude like that, Every door that I went to, they could a hundred percent tell there was something going on. And so each door just compounded. It's just like when you're having a lot of success, everything you do, it's like you touch, it's like, it's awesome, right? Well, when you have a bad attitude and when you let that compound over time, it just gets you put in a worse mood. So what do you do to, to shake it? Well, you got to take some accountability. You know, you got to look in the mirror and say, all right, why why did I let this, whatever it was, this thing put me in such a mood that I couldn't shake it, you know, and you have to really dive into what that was and how you were feeling at the time. And once you can really get that dialed in, then you can, you can move forward. But, um, for me, when I would lose it, it was really hard to get back. But now of course, with practice and over time and bigger losses and, and really finding what, you know, what's meaningful to me now, it's just like, okay, it's just just keep moving forward. But again, like you said, there were times for me where it was tough. Like you come back and you don't have any sales and you're a hundred percent commission. That's that, that can be a, a tough conversation to have. So, yeah. um, it's, it's really about just making sure that you show back up when you, when you get knocked back down, because it is inevitable folks that you are going to face, uh, some adversity. And, um, you know, I was actually facing some adversity because, my dad, uh, who I was doing landscaping with, right? You, you kind of asked, Hey, how did I get, how do we go from industry to industry? So sales was obviously the foundation for me ever since I was a kid, always been in and around sales. And so, um, we had moved to 
Um, we actually moved to uh, Maryland. My wife and I, when my uh, oldest son is about to be 18, believe it or not, uh, in December was uh, just maybe three months and uh, we were struggling. Like uh, I was in between sales jobs. We just had our first child. And so uh, I called my dad who is uh, living in Maryland and I said, hey, listen, can I come work for you? So I actually was doing landscaping, uh, mowing, weed eating, you know, planting, mulching, you name it, uh, running a crew for my dad until winter hit in DC. Well, if anyone listens to your show is from that part of the country, uh, you can't really do landscaping when, when there's snow on the ground. So I was kind of back at square one, Karina, and, and I had to find a job. And, and so that's when I got into the window sales. And while I was selling windows, I would always go to the office in the apartment building we lived in. And every time I would go in, you know, I'm just very conversational. I'm just like, hey, how are you guys doing? Thanks for my package. Have a great day. And, and this particular day, someone in the office stopped me and she's like, have you ever thought about doing leasing? I think you'd be really good at it. And I'm like, what is, what is leasing? And they're like, well, you take somebody to the apartment, you show them around the building. And if they lease, you get a commission. Plus we pay you uh, a salary, hourly rate. And I was like, do you have benefits? <laughs> you know, like we really needed benefits. And they said yes. And so I interviewed, I applied for the job, I got it. And that was really my start into property management was literally being a resident at the building I was living at. This is a story you hear all the time in property management. I, I lived at the apartments and then I got a job in the office and then I worked my way up. Well, that that's my story. And I'm, I'm excited to actually explain a little bit of that journey to your audience because I think it'll be valuable to see how quickly you can progress, especially if, if you have a goal, uh, a goal in place. Yeah. Well, that's where, you know, when I introed the show, I said, you know, I didn't know this part of Jordan's background, which is pretty, it's fun just for multiple reasons. I was also in the um, property management um, industry as a service provider for many, many years. And also it just proves that no matter what your goals are, whatever you're doing, you can always find a way to take care of what's necessity in life and also then transition into, you know, what your ultimate goals are. You know, you, you don't just write it off saying, okay, well, this is it. This is all I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Um, and if, you know, for you, Jordan, it's the same, you know, for so many others when they are facing being the provider for their family, they have kids and a lot of times people, feel as if, you know, they're stuck. And yeah. I, you know, I, when I started my career, I was a single mom of three daughters at the time. Now I have four um, daughters and, you know, years down the road, I remarried, but, you know, I never felt like that was going to be my reason to why I couldn't succeed. I just had to do things a bit differently. And yes, sure. maybe it's not it's not nearly as easy if I was single and I didn't have any anyone else to, you know, tend to and care for, but it's still always very very possible. So I'd love to know more about how you, you know, what it was like yeah. being in property management and then is that when you started your, you know, your company today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the journey was um, a fast fifteen years. If, if is it is it okay <laughs> to say that? Is it okay to say that fifteen yeah. years flew by, right? Because I I started, uh, I was what twenty five years old. You know, a kid, really a kid. Like this is my first 
real corporate job. Like I'd been doing all these commissioned sales jobs forever. So I was used to working six days a week, going out, partying, doing whatever, and then wake up and do it all over again. Well, now I've got a baby. I've got, you know, a wife and, and man, I've got this new career. So I excelled pretty quickly. I will be completely transparent. Like with, uh, the leasing thing was, was easy for me. What was hard was like all the administrative tasks that I had to do. And, and we, we got mystery shops. So that was, that was actually challenging for me. And actually early on, uh, I almost didn't have the 15 year career until my, my regional manager actually called me in the office and she's like, Hey, you got like a six on this mystery shop, you know, out of a hundred guys out of a hundred. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I answered the guy's question. She's like, you didn't use the phone log. You didn't ask this. You didn't ask for a deposit. Like she, she read me the list ready, but this is, it's exciting to know this because I was basically at the bottom of the company's like shopping list scores. Okay. And then, and then, you know, fast forward later, I became the trainer that taught people how to be successful at mystery shopping. Right. So, but we'll, we'll get there in a minute. So I was, you know, 25 years old getting into leasing. I excelled so fast. They thought it was a good idea to promote me to assistant property manager. So they did that in six months. I went from leasing to assistant property manager. Well, Karina, you learned earlier. I hate math. That job was terrible. I was like a collection agent. I had to go collect money from people. I had to do all these spreadsheets. It was the worst. So guess what I did? I busted my dang tail and I became the best assistant manager that I could possibly be. I won assistant manager of the year, which is crazy. And in nine months, I got promoted to property manager. So literally from starting six months, in 15 months, I went from knowing nothing about multifamily to now running multi-millions in assets uh, as a property manager. So that was pretty quick. I stayed as a property manager five years. We moved back from uh, Maryland down to Georgia uh, and actually left Gables for, for a year. I went and managed a crazy property that was crime-ridden in Augusta, Georgia, for 11 months until I had to resign because someone got shot at the property. We don't even have time for the stories that I could tell you, but I went from class A, 6,000 a month properties in, in Virginia to crime ridden, bug infested, like murders and stuff happening and stayed there 11 months, which I won't bore everyone with, with that, but that there a lot of lessons there. And then uh, it sucked so bad. I called Gables back, who was the company I worked for, and they said, hey, we'll find you a place in Atlanta. Like, don't worry, we've got you. I ended up managing a place, 558 units. I had 24 employees. Uh, it was a crazy experience. It was right near Emory University. So a lot of college students, a lot of professionals, and then even people that were, this was actually their home. Learned a lot there. But in 2011, my mom unfortunately got sick. And three months, uh, three months later, she actually passed away. So that was a tough six months of, you know, traveling back to the West coast, trying to help her out. And then her passing, man, that was, that was a dark time in my life. I, I remember waking up and getting in the car. I don't remember getting to work. I remember being at work, but don't remember the drive home. And during that time I got a demotion, which sucked, but uh, probably one of the best things that could have ever happened to me because it enabled me to, to kind of reset at a new property with less responsibility with a new team. Uh, and then from there, I actually got an opportunity to apply for a training and development role, which I applied for, was probably the most underqualified person, but somehow got that position. And I actually stayed in that role for eight years 
and taught over 250 associates from Atlanta to Boston during that time. I taught a six-month leadership program. I got certified uh, in Myers-Briggs. I got certified in sales enablement as well as an advanced instructor in that eight-year period. And that's what really uh, led me into leaving was you know all of the things that I learned and the knowledge. I started to see the impact I was making in the corporate world. And I said to myself, you know what, if I stay here, uh, I can maybe get my boss's role if he leaves or, or something happens, mm-hmm. maybe get to a VP, but like what's in it after that? And I'm only impacting, you know, 250 people a year when if I left, I could impact so many more. And so in 2019, at, while I was at Gables, while, mind you, I, Karina, I never thought I would leave. I thought I was going to retire here. I started, you know, stumbled on LinkedIn uh, it was actually a goal that I got. They're like, let's get our associates active on social media. LinkedIn just video just started to come out. So I started putting out videos. And before you knew it, I started to grow an audience and I started to impact. And I started uh, realizing that my reach could be much more powerful than just at corporate. Uh, and so in uh, January of 2020, not knowing there was going to be a pandemic, I launched the Blaze Your Own Trail podcast, which is now been out for two years. We've got listeners in 68 countries, ranked one and a half percent in the world. And that show, uh, along with good mentors like Heather Monahan, who was my second guest on the podcast, and people like her, they encouraged me that I could do it. And so uh, in January of 21, I launched Blaze Your Own Trail Consulting to couple with the Blaze Your Own Trail podcast. And now uh, I teach entrepreneurs, service providers, business owners all around the world how to blaze their own trail in business, in life, uh, by, you know, building authority and, and teaching them how to monetize social media. And you truly have, I mean, just listening to your story, it is absolutely not linear. You had to go through so many experiences to get to this point where you're, where you are today. And I can guarantee you probably felt never thought that when you looking back to when you said you were managing, you know, in a really scary area and you were just like, enough's enough. I'm sure at that moment, you never would have thought in your mind, fast forward a few years, you know, ahead and where you are today, but not, not in a million years. (laughs) You know, what's so fascinating about sales though, is that every single person in every business if you are talking to another person, you are in sales of some sort and you are a support system to the customer service. And I think that, um, every, every corporation, every business, big or small. And honestly, I would really recommend any small business that every single person on your team understands sales and customer service. Cause I, I really believe that sales is very much aligned with the customer service because obviously you, you build these relationships and you're there to solve the problems that, um, your clients are facing or could potentially face. And you're, you, you're there to help them know that I'm here for you. So, you know, even what you're doing today, I feel like would be really beneficial for everybody. This is not just sure. pigeonholed to people who want to be in sales and marketing. Because when I try to explain marketing to people who don't understand marketing, it literally goes over their head and they just don't understand the concept of it. Or like, 
especially when it's online B2B and being able to translate what you do in person into online. And I learned that a lot when I was talking to a lot of investors for my business. They could not understand how I was able to grow our company into six states in less than two years and grow our business into a multi-million dollar company. And I did it online because like you, during the pandemic, it hit and I had just started my my business and I, you know, yep. I had to pivot. I had to figure out what was I Yeah, you got to figure it out. Yep. And you just lean into it. But, you know, it's really important to understand how sales can really change your entire life. And we're in 2022. And it's, it can be so much more than just selling for business, you know, for yourself. You also have your personal brand. Like everyone knows who Jordan Mendoza is, your face and also your company, which is, um, you know, what you have going on today. And it's, it's amazing what a personal brand can do. And if you understand how to facilitate that, you can then grow and have multiple lines, uh, streams of income, which is everyone's dream. And everyone should have multiple streams of income for safety and security. So I think that's really amazing that you offer these um, opportunities for people to learn. And I do watch your TikToks. I want to talk about that actually specifically. Sure. Yeah. Because Let's talk on, TikTok. On... I, I love, I've been loving TikTok. It's like, <laughs> it's the place that I was so afraid to create on. And I had it when it was musically and like would yeah. do like dance videos. And then once it became TikTok, I was kind of dormant. And then I was like, you know what? I need to figure this thing out because I had seen friends of mine, colleagues, people just grow to m- millions of followers. And I was like, there's, there's, if they can do it, I can do it. You know, just like I tell people, if I can do it, you can do it. If they can do it, I can do it. Like, that's how I feel about anything. Uh, and so I, man, I've, I've definitely leaned in and, and, and I also invested in a coach, which is one of the most important things that you can do, right? If you don't pay, you don't pay attention. So anyone that's listening or watching this, if you want to get good at something, you can fumble through it on your own. And it's going to take you a really long time, or you can invest in someone that's been there, right? Success leads clues, mm-hmm. invest in the people that are where you are uh, and where you want to be. And it's actually going to be kind of like getting fast pass at Disney world, where it helps you skip the line of all the mistakes and all the failures that they made. And it gets you right to the meat and, and where yes. you need to be. That is so true. I, when I was going through, you know, the beginning stages of my career, I, you know what, I didn't hear very much about coaches. It was, it was really very much like life coaches. And I was like, well, I mean, maybe at the time I really needed a life coach. (laughs) I was a single mom and kind of starting at the very bottom, but I really didn't know what to do. And if I knew what then what I know today, like coaches are such a great investment because they really help you. If you find the right ones, right? Like let your intuition guide you with who's the right, because there are plenty of wrong ones, which make it very difficult. But if you choose the right one and you really lean into that person to help you find all of this creativity that you have, all of this knowledge and help clear your vision, right? The where you can see it much more meticulously instead of this like blurry vision, you kind of know what you want to do. 
it can be a total and complete game game changer, right? Like for us, it took us many years because we did through the school of hard knocks. And then once you learn, you're like, I'm now for me, same coach. Yes. I'm absolutely going to go that route because you're going to get to your goals 10 times faster. And it's such a worthy investment in your life, um, in your success, in your career and what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I've been telling people about TikTok. It's like when I hired the coach, I think I had, you know, 1200 followers. Now I've got 11,000, right? So he taught me systems and processes and how to optimize my bio, right? All the things that I teach people on other platforms. Mm. Well, guess what? Now I'm teaching my clients TikTok strategy and it's helping their business, right? So I invested in a program for myself. Now I've got the information and I can actually teach that to my clients and the, the accounts that we manage to have them realize the same success, right? So um, I'm a big believer in learning, but also taking the information and going and applying it. And that Karina is really what helped me leave corporate is I, I had my business doing the social media stuff as a side hustle for four years before I left, right? Because I think it's such so important that you're a practitioner of what you're going to offer to people. And so I had a lot of free people go through my stuff in 2019 and started getting paid in 2020 and getting actual contracts in, in uh, early 21. And so when I left, I already had clients. I already had uh, results. I already had people that could uh, give me testimonials. And that's so important that you're a actual practitioner of it. And so when it comes to TikTok, the missing ingredient for me and the reason why I didn't grow before is for one, my profile, it sucked. The bio was terrible. But for two, I wasn't consistent. I didn't have, uh, I didn't understand how to put together a piece of content like TikTok wanted it to be. And so I was just kind of taking what I knew from Instagram and LinkedIn and trying to make it fit into TikTok. And it definitely wasn't working. So now that I have the, the framework, the systems and the processes, it's what's been able to enable me to have success and growth. I'm so glad that you brought up that we're talking about TikTok because my, you know, a lot of my guests probably listen, have heard multiple times. A lot of the people who've been on my show, you know, I met through LinkedIn or, you know, they've grown their business through LinkedIn, but I know that there are powers through other social media platforms and TikTok is one of them. I 100%. not. Um, you know, I, I have not taken the time to even try to grow my TikTok. Um, but I, I definitely know that's something I need to invest more time in. What would you, you know, would there be any like first, when it comes to social media, how would you give some advice on, sure. you know, how to, how to start it, you know, yeah. anyone who's listening? hundred percent. Yeah. So it, I don't care if you're on LinkedIn. I don't care if you're on Instagram, TikTok. It doesn't matter what platform. The first thing you guys need to do is make sure your bio is optimized. That is, that is literally like, it's like when you're building a house, do you start with the bricks first or do you start with the concrete and the foundation, right? You got to start with the foundations because you don't want a house, right? You're in, you're in construction, commercial real estate. You want a strong foundation so that 10 years from now, the place isn't falling apart. We've all seen the horror stories in the news about these buildings. And guess what, guys? It was the foundation. It was the foundation that was not strong. And so 
what I give advice on, let's just talk TikTok, right? I think this will add value. A lot of people still think it's for 10 year olds or, or 16 year olds dancing. It's, it's changed guys. There's a lot of people that are, you know, our ages that are on there and that are making lots of money through organic inbound leads. So if you want to have success, you need to look at your profile picture. Is that picture synonymous with your picture on Instagram, with your picture on LinkedIn, with your picture on Facebook? Because with brand, you want it to be synonymous across the board. So if someone searches for you, it, you're easily recognizable. So that's the first tip that I would give is make sure that you've got an up-to-date photo, which matches all your other platforms. The next thing I would do is when you're choosing a username, just keep in mind that usernames are searchable, but also your actual name that you're putting in is searchable. And so what I've done with my name, if you find me, my username is at Jordan J. Mendoza, but my actual name says Jordan, and I put a vertical line and then business coach, because I want the algorithm to find me as Jordan, but also as a business coach. So by adding that in, you're, it's going to be optimized for that particular keyword. Okay. So that's the second tip I would give you is figure out how you can align your name with a keyword you want to be found for. Yeah. The next thing when it comes to your bio is that first line should be your service statement. So if you go to mine, uh, TikTok only gives you 80 characters. So you have to really play around with this a while. But mine, I think, says I teach organic marketing and lead gen. Uh, author uh, purchased my new book below. And I have a link to my book that we'll, we'll talk about here in a little bit. But so, you know, having a service statement, uh, something else you want to be found for that's, you know, keyword related, and then a call to action. This is something that most people don't ever include. They never tell people what to do next. And if you don't tell them what to do next, they're not going to know what to do next, right? So having that call to action is super crucial. So that's where I would start. And matter of fact, that same advice, you can use that for Instagram, you can use that for Facebook, uh, and it's going to work for those platforms as well. Amazing. So let's talk about your book. Yes, let's talk about the book. So, so excited. It's so cool uh, that you have this. Yeah, book. it's this book is it's very unique in the sense that uh, it's a collaboration project. So, my buddy Ruben Alvarez, actually, he used to live in Arizona, just moved to El Paso, Texas, but he's got a company called The Marketing Hunters. Uh, and he is the main author. And then we've got 11 contributing authors. So, what's unique about the book, it's called Brand Sharks unstoppable strategies from industry leaders. And so each author shares their story and journey. And then we give some practical advice on how to build your brand from scratch. And so we were just featured in New York Weekly as the number one branding book for new entrepreneurs. So super excited about the book. Uh, and uh, yeah, and, and it's, you know, Again, from my background, where I came from, Karina, if you would have asked anyone I went to high school with, would Jordan Mendoza ever be an author? I would have told you no, and they would have told you no. So that just shows you that uh, you know we can all do unstoppable things as long as we're willing uh, to do things that most people aren't willing to do. Right? You got to pay your dues, and even though you know Karina's route and my route aren't aren't the traditional, hey do these particular steps. It was more like a roller coaster. It doesn't mean that you can't realize success and yeah. success to you and I is way different than success to maybe two other people. So you just have to figure out, you know, what are your strengths? Okay. What are you good at? Um, you know, what, uh, 
what are you actually self-aware about yourself with, okay? And if you're not, there's plenty of great resources and tools to find out your personality type. There's, you know, the Enneagram, there's Myers-Briggs, there's this profile, but really understand who you are because if you can get that self-awareness piece down, you can understand you. It's it's much easier to give grace to other people, to understand other people. And then the last thing I would say is, is you know, figure out where you are on an emotional intelligence scale. Like take an assessment. They're not easy to read because it's going to point some things. It's almost like a mirror pointing back to you. But you, you can actually increase your EQ score over time, unlike IQ. Uh, and if you build those muscles up and you can be more self-aware, learn how to manage your emotions, you know, better in social situations. And, and then with relationships, um, you know, life gets a lot easier at that point. I am so impressed by you, Jordan. You, I mean, you really are a true testament to being someone who is unstoppable. The things that you've gone through, um, your journey in life and, you know, even where you started with, your sales to where you are today. Um, I'm so grateful that you joined my podcast and you shared your story. Um, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity and there's plenty more stories that we obviously we have limited time on a podcast, but you know, if people grab a copy of the book, it's, it's super deep because I go into childhood stuff. I go into three pivotal moments a, a few times I almost died. So there, there's some, really, really good stories in there. If you want to learn more about me and get deeper context outside of what we talked about in this, you know, 45 minutes, I definitely encourage you guys to check it. I'm sure Karina will link, link everything in the show notes for it. And uh, yep. All of that will be located in the show notes. I just am so like, I feel so impressed by, you know, you keep bringing up things in saying, you know, the adversity that you've continued to face. And the thing is, is that throughout this show, you've sounded, you know, like I did this and everyone doesn't really know, you know, the hard times, the times where you're just like crying and feeling like you are not going to make it. And you literally just put your, you know, your clothes on, your shoes on and you do it. Right. Yeah. And and we all go through those moments. And Jordan, you just have, sh- have really proven that you can go through some really difficult times. So, um, and like, as you keep sharing, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so in awe by who you are as a person and what and how you've created your company today. So, where can I know that I'm going to put your, um, all of your, uh, your, oh my goodness. What's the word I'm looking for? Links. 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 How about that? Thank there you, thank we you. go. Links in the yep, show notes. You're good. Um, but. Hey, hey guys, by the way, and, and, and you need to leave this in the episode, Karina. So I don't know if you guys knew this. She just moved into a new place. So she's like, <laughs> not, doesn't have her regular setup. She, you know, was a little stressed out, but I just told her, I was like, it's all good. We're, we're human beings. So That's I want right. to give everyone kudos that she kept the interview and she kept the ball rolling down, you know, moving down the field because you could have easily canceled. Cause guess what guys, as a 15 year property management veteran, moving sucks. Like I feel for people, especially when I was the knucklehead as a rookie leaser that forgot to have your keys ready when you moved in and made your move in more stressful. So like, 
kudos to you for showing up and sticking it out. Because listen, it's not easy moving. It's it's one of the it's one of the not. worst things you can ever do. So you're you're right. You're right. I sold my house um, and then moved into a new house all at the same time. It all was good. a little bit crazy, but you know what? To be honest, you know, at first I felt very um, like, oh my gosh, I'm just my head was not on right. I felt totally discombobulated. But the thing that kept motivating is that I love, I love having these conversations. So I kept reminding myself, well, you know how you feel when you let it all go and you just listen and you listen to their story and it empowers you. Like me, I feel like I've learned a bunch and and I'm going to take back, you know, to improve myself and my business. So that's what motivates me is just knowing how I feel, even though I don't feel that in the moment. Right. But I know I'm sure. going to. And so, you know, that's what gets me to put my foot in front of the other. But so I'm going to leave the the links in the show notes. But is there a sure. specific place? Are you selling it on Amazon? Is there is it just? No, it, your... it's not on Amazon. Yeah, it's, it's on my website. I'll, I'll provide okay, you perfect. with with that particular awesome. link. But but yeah, if you guys want to find me, I'm pretty easy to find on social. So Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, it's all the same handle at Jordan J. Mendoza on LinkedIn. You can just uh, search Jordan Mendoza. And if you want to check out my podcast, um, I'm, I'm going to hopefully have you on as a guest at some point, Karina, it's called yes. the blaze your own trail podcast. Uh, so check that out. You know, we interview uh, trailblazers like Karina, people from all around the world that have blazed their own trail in business and life and find out how they did it. So very similar to, to your show. And, and again, Karina, I appreciate uh, any opportunity that I can come on and share my story with the hopes to inspire someone. That's what I'm all about. So thank you for uh, your time today. Thank you. I appreciate you, Jordan. Thanks for joining the show.